BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part of Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. Welcome into the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. I am Noah Yingling, one of the co experts of Rocks Pile, and I am here once again with my friend and fellow co expert, Kevin Henry. Kevin, how are you? Noah, I am good, my friend. Good to talk to you and good to discuss. Some interesting things, especially as a lockout looms, buddy. Before we do that, though, you know, since I know where you are, we have to play another edition of Where in the World is Kevin Henry? Yeah, I am in. I have ventured to the beautiful Pacific Northwest, sitting in downtown Portland, Oregon, as we uh, record this podcast. And know this will surprise you. It's a cloudy, gray day here in Portland. Hard to believe. Oh, really? Know. Never would have guessed that. Stunner, I tell you. But uh, right after we do this, I'm going to venture out into the beautiful city that is Portland. So we'll see how it goes. So for baseball right now, it's such a weird time. And when was the last time that in the month of November, we just had throngs and throngs of signings? Yeah, it's strange. And, and, you know, I mean, the good thing is we're getting all this news now these couple of days right before December 1st. And we know that December 1st, more than likely, barring a miracle, it's going to go really quiet. So I feel like it is, it's going to be so feast or famine over this next week. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. And there have been a few rumors regarding the Rockies, which we'll get to that here shortly. But the main news is that John Gray is leaving the Rockies and he will be signing but the Texas Rangers for a four-year deal worth $56 million. And Gray going to the Rangers, not terribly surprising. Gray leaving the Rockies, I could have told you that a few weeks ago. Because, yeah. I mean, the Rockies have mishandled the situation with John Gray so badly. It's, it's absolutely mind-boggling. And I, I've had numerous articles on the site on it and it 
one point, yeah, I, I have an article saying uh, all of these things have happened. It's just, okay, and this are this happened, then this happened, and it's it's not just one thing. It's they could have traded him. They completely didn't have him on the market. Okay, we'll give him an offer, but we'll give it to him in the final homestand. Oh, we're going to lowball him on that offer. Yeah. Then it's we're not going to give him a qualifying offer. Then it's uh, they'll get in touch with us. Uh, not 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 really because he's going to get more money elsewhere. And what did MLB trade rumors predict that John Gray would get? Four years and fifty six million. What did multiple other outlets say that he would get? Somewhere in the neighborhood of four years and fifty six million. What do the Rangers give him? Four years and fifty six million. And it's it seems like the Rockies are just absolutely baffled. Like, what? And the thing is, too, okay, they value him so much that they aren't going to trade him, but they don't value him for re-signing him. Just makes absolutely no sense what they did. Makes no sense whatsoever. I really do think, and I wrote about this last night, uh, we're recording this on Monday, by the way, uh, but Sunday night after the news came out, I wrote about how the Rockies really mistook John Gray's love for pitching at Coors Field for loyalty. And I think that what you look back at is whenever they signed Antonio Senzatella this offseason to that contract extension, I think that was the nail in the coffin for John Gray. I absolutely do. Because you look at Likely, and of course, we don't know the exact numbers, but it's very likely what they offered Antonio Senzatella was higher than the offer that they put out for John Gray before the season ended. And so I think that right there was a big red flag now looking back about John Gray's future in Colorado. But, you know, Noah, you're exactly right. I mean, I was at the last uh, series of the year in Arizona that the Rockies played. John Gray pitched on October 1st. His final start for the Rockies will go down as a four-inning affair where he gave up seven hits and seven runs and also struck out seven. I mean, it was a weird, weird start. And I remember that John Gray didn't speak to the media after that start. And that's the only time I remember John ever not speaking to us afterwards. And I remember thinking even then in Arizona, knowing what all was swirling around, I'm just like, I think that's his way of just saying he's done as well. Uh, just like, you know, Trevor did the goodbye and everything at Coors Field that we've seen. And I, I think John was doing his own version of goodbye as well. He was just ready to cut it at that point. And the thing is too, with the Rockies, with all the missteps they had, considering John Gray said i want to be a rocky yep i love pitching at coors field and i said this a few weeks ago i don't think the rockies really wanted him back now you can debate on whether that's correct or not i would say that you realistically you could take the middle ground of it where okay he has been a good pitcher at coors field but he's been injured a lot and he's hasn't been He's he hasn't been consistent, but also he the the rotation is the best part of the Rockies, and he was one of the components of it. Was he the strongest component? No, especially because he wasn't 
as consistent as you would like. But if you really wanted him back, four years and 56 million is not astronomical. Now, if the Rangers gave him a six-year deal for somewhere in the neighborhood of $100 million a year, uh, $100 million a year, $100 million for the duration of the contract, I think Rockies fans would say, hey, that that's fine. If he if the Rangers gave him that, I don't he's probably not worth that. But four years and fifty-six million, Rockies fans aren't happy because that's a that's a pretty good deal. And that's actually fairly, fairly club friendly. Well, and, and they're also not happy because there was not a qualifying offer extended to John. Exactly. He walked away. There was no draft pick that the Rockies get back. So now you lose one of, you know, whatever you want to say about John Gray. If you look at the Rockies records books, his name is on there a bunch whenever it comes to pitching. Yeah. And this is a guy that he, you know, like you said, he told us in a podcast back in early June, he wanted to stay with the Rockies. I mean, this is something that has been brewing for quite some time. So for him to walk away, without the Rockies getting anything in return, I think is by far the biggest travesty, travesty, I should say, of this whole situation. And the thing is, too, is with not having the qualifying offer, there are some people, and you can find it on Twitter and look it up, um, who said, well, the Rockies were afraid that he would accept the qualifying offer. Okay, that means you didn't want him back. Right. It's as simple as that. I, I agree. If you don't want John Gray back at one year and 18 million, then I think that says a lot. I really do. You know, if, if you're worried about John accepting the qualifying offer and now looking back, knowing that Brandon Bell to the San Francisco Giants was the only player who did accept the qualifying offer out of all the ones that were submitted around the league, you wonder how much of a chance there really was that John would have accepted the offer. And the thing is, I think there there was a chance that he would have accepted it. But again, if you're a, you are afraid of him signing it, that's a problem. Agreed. And and I guess the afraid to sign it, I, I'm really curious because are you afraid to sign it because it's too much money for one year? Are you afraid to sign it because you're not sure about John's health, which, you know, as we've alluded to on this podcast, there have been seasons where John has been injured more than not. You know, I think there's a lot of things that make you worry about him signing that. But now in hindsight, you know, and I think even before John signed with the Rangers, people were still going, why not at least extend the qualifying offer to ensure you at least get something back? Yeah. And the problem is they wouldn't have had to extend the qualifying offer if they would have traded him. Right. Or even, okay, we know we we're interested in signing him long-term. So maybe we should give him an offer before September 20 something. And maybe we should give him an offer in May or June. So if we offer three years and 38 million, give or take a few million, Oh, and that's what's been reported by a few different outlets. We'll, we'll say it's three years and 38 million. Okay. He wants four years and 
56 million is what he signed for. Okay, we're not comfortable going that length or that money. So let's trade him and get what we can for him. Because the Rockies decided not to even put him on the market. There were rumors about him. There are plenty of teams interested. The Phillies, the Mets, I, the, I can name probably about five others. And they said, no, we aren't going to even entertain offers for him because we think we can extend him. Right. But you haven't even given him an, an offer yet. Yeah, and, and it goes back to the loyalty thing. You know, they knew, you know, based on what he said to us, based on what he said to others, John loved pitching in Colorado. John wanted to come back. So they were like, oh, this is a tap-in putt. We can make this work easily. And yet there's only so many times that you can punch somebody in the face before eventually they walk away from you, no matter how much they love you. Yeah. And this was one of those situations that John, I think, felt disrespected. And, you know, and, and let's also throw a, one other thing in there that, you know, don't forget, John is an Oklahoma guy. I mean, if you see John in the clubhouse, he has a huge state of Oklahoma tattoo on his chest, uh, you know, like the state seal of Oklahoma. This is a guy who's born and raised in Oklahoma, went to University of Oklahoma. So for him to pitch in Dallas, which is a couple, two, two and a half hours away from Oklahoma City, the Norman, you know, area, Shawnee, you know, where he grew up, it makes sense as well. Yeah. And that's why I said with the, the Rangers, not surprising. No. Especially because geography. And also, too, the Rangers said, and we had this on the site as well, the Rangers said – we want to add to our payroll to get roughly where we were pre-pandemic. Yep. This year in 2021, they had a payroll roughly of 50 million. They were 150 million before the pre-pandemic. So math tells me 100 million. Marcus Semyon, they got for roughly roughly a quarter of that. Mm-hmm. So adding gray as well. And they added Cole Calhoun. Yep. If they're only at 100 million and they decide not to even go further than that, that's, that's roughly half of what they said they would spend. So they could very easily go get a Corey Seager or a Trevor story and some starting pitching. And there's your hundred million. So uh, it's not surprising that he is going to Texas. Definitely not surprising that he is leaving Colorado, especially because all the missteps. But there are some rumors involving players who may come to Colorado. But we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. Back here on the Rocks Pile Rockies Report, Noah Yingling and Kevin Henry here with you. And today, today being Monday, of... For all the trade rumors, there haven't been a ton involving the, I shouldn't say trade rumors, just rumors in general, free agent or trade. Um, There haven't been a ton involving the Rockies, which Rockies fans are probably not surprised by this. And I I can't speak for you, Kevin, but I'm not surprised by it. No, I I, somehow I'm not. It's amazing. (laughs) But there has been one main one that came out today, and that was for the Rockies and Kyle Schwarber. Um. Schwarber has kind of been on our radar at Rocks Pile, at least for a few years now. 
um, as we had an article, I believe it was about three weeks ago now. Um, may have, well, no, it was actually in October. So a little over a month ago now that um, we mentioned him as a possible target. And also too, in, I believe it was 2019 for the 2020 season um, might've been 20, 2020 to 2021. Um, we mentioned as Kyle Schwarber as a possible target and defensively, he is not a great outfielder, but one point that we made in the article is the Rockies love their position players that in a pinch they can catch. And guess what? Kyle Schwarber was drafted as ding, ding, ding. by the Cubs as a catcher. Yeah. Yeah. You look back at him in college at the University of Indiana. Dude was good. Dude was a solid, solid catcher. And, you know, you think back to what all he has done with the Cubs, what all he has done with the Red Sox. You know, I mean, he has that knack for making the dramatic happen. Would he look great in a Colorado uniform? Absolutely. Especially knowing the DH is coming. But the thing I go back to in my head, Noah, is that Bill Schmidt said and told me whenever I asked him, they weren't going to sign somebody who was just a DH type. I, and, and I will tell you, Kyle Schwarber running around Coors Field makes me more nervous maybe than Rymel Tapia running around Coors Field. Yeah. So, you know, so I'm thinking, does that – while we'd love to see his bat there, if if the Rockies are against somebody being that DH type, you know, does that preclude a Schwarber? Now, I think personally, I think the Rockies are far down on Schwarber's list unless they're going to throw stupid money at him. But if the Red Sox and the Rockies are offering him a similar type deal, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. And the thing is, I, I think – the Rockies, and this is not including what what Schwarber would decide. Um, I think the Rockies would make an exception because he can play left field. Yep, he can play first base, and he can catch. Okay, if he has to DH four out of the uh, four five games out of the week for us, okay. But he would uh, he would really be the Rockies' best bat. I oh, mean, if he has anything like what he did in 2021, he would be by far the Rockies' best bat. Oh, you put him and Crone back-to-back in a lineup? Yeah. I like that. Absolutely. I mean, he only played 113 games in 2021, and he still had 32 homers. He had an on-base of 374. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I mean, you could put Crone three and put Schwarber two. Because of that high on base. Granted, it's a little bit more power than a usual two hitter, but hey, the Rockies have had Charlie Blackman and Trevor Story in the one and two spots before. So uh, obviously, that's not necessarily a concern of theirs. But the 374 on base percentage, that's that's pretty good for the top of the lineup when, I mean, how many guys can the Rockies say that would have a 370 on base percentage? CJ Crone, that's it. Well, let's not forget Schwartz was an, was a leadoff hitter for quite some time. And, I mean, you know, he is not your prototypical leadoff hitter. But Charlie Blackman isn't either. Exactly. You, you were exactly where I was going with that. 
you know, and Bud is perfectly fine with guys hitting at the top of the lineup who aren't your Ricky Henderson type, shall we say, or, uh, you know, uh, he wants somebody who's going to make an impact right off the bat. That would be Schwarber, no doubt about it. And I mean, when Tapia was injured, he was not afraid to put Connor Joe in the leadoff spot. And Bud Black said numerous times, he's not really a prototypical leadoff hitter. But guess what? He gets on base. Exactly. That's all that really for the leadoff spot. That's all that matters. He gets on base. In the grand scheme of things, that's exactly what the Rockies need is somebody to get on base. Now, I still contend they've got to find somebody to drive him in. Yeah. that, that can be Crone, sure. That can be Rymac, yes. But then, or you could have Schwarber in the three spot and have Crone four and McMahon five, and then find somebody for the leadoff spot. Right. But you Absolutely. have to you have to find somebody to get on base, and you have to find somebody to drive them in. Yep. And and right now, I'm not sure the Rockies have much of either. Yeah. You have Crone. You have McMahon who. And we had an article on this too. He he had a really weird season, McMahon at the plate, yep. and that we were discussing him, and we weren't the only ones. He was being discussed as a home run derby person. Yeah, and then just automatic, it just seemed like with the drop of a hat, power's gone. Yep, but his on base percentage skyrocketed. Yeah, I think that. <sighs> You know, and we've talked about this. The Rockies aren't going to be solved by signing one guy. No. I mean, and and, it's not going to be two, and it's not going to be three. And and that's the problem with the Castellanos, with the Schwarber. I mean, all these guys that we salivate over thinking about them hitting a course, there's a lot of other things. And now, dare I say, with John Gray leaving, there's another hole that needs to be plugged right there. Yeah. And the thing with Castellanos, too, is reportedly uh, he wants a seven or eight year deal. The Rockies aren't going to give him that. It's as simple as that. It's not going to happen. No. You know, Pablo Sandoval says he wants to play next year. So I'm thinking there could there's a possibility right there. There you go. What about that? Pablo on the <laughs> down low. There you go. Um, no, I, I think that this offseason is going to be quiet. I hope I'm wrong. And I hope you play the sound clip back and I'm completely wrong. But I think you're going to see a very quiet offseason for the Rockies. I think you're going to see other guys snapped up by other teams. And the Rockies are left to sign guys, you know, like a CJ Crone last year who have to prove themselves. Maybe it's a one year deal. Maybe it's a minor league deal. The Rockies have gotten really deep in love with those type of deals. And I think that. A Castellanos, a Schwarber, these guys are going to sign elsewhere, and it's going to take the Rockies saying, well, maybe this guy can can find a rebirth like Crone did. Yeah. And by the way, with McMahon, to show you the differentiation of the splits for him, yep. through June 15th, he played 67 games. He had 16 homers, 43 RBI, had an on-base of 308, and a slugging percentage of 527. So for a 162-game schedule, that would have been 39 homers and 104 RBI. Wow. Now, after June 15th, it is vastly different. Okay. In that he had seven homers and 43 RBI. This is 84 games. Seven homers, 43 RBI. 
That's a 162 game average of 13 homers in 83 RBI. The average was down 247, but the on base went up more than 40 points to 348. The slugging percentage dropped 150 points, though, 383. Yeah, it's, it's Max a mystery. One of the best dudes on the planet, beyond a shadow of a doubt. But we haven't seen him go back to being that guy that he was terrorizing the Dodgers in September during Colorado's last playoff push. Yep. You know, those, those clutch home runs. We've never seen Matt get back into that kind of cycle, for lack of a better term. And I still think it's in there. And I still think Matt can do it. But I think Mac made such strides defensively. Now he's got to figure out how to make those strides on the offensive side of the plate as well. And the Rockies are really going to need him to this year. Because if you can't find somebody that you can automatically slot in in Story's place, there's already a deficit of power and run production. Now you add in a lack of Story, well, that, that just deepens the hole even more. And not to mention, he could be learning a new position. Absolutely. You know, uh, whether that's a Montero, whether that's somebody else coming in, who knows? You know, Pablo Sandoval, I mean, once again. Um, but I, I think it's really interesting. You think about there's a lot of plug and play options right now for the Rockies. You know, we're still trying to figure out what's going to happen with Brendan Rodgers. We're still going to have to figure out if uh, Rymax is going to move. You know, we still don't even know beyond the shadow of a doubt that the DH is coming. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's assumed and it's very, very likely. But there's still a lot of question marks out there. And I think that until the CBA passes, the Rockies are going to stand pat and then wait and see exactly what the rules are. And then it's going to be a try to figure it out. We'll talk more about that. And I have an analogy about the Rockies. Not a great one, but uh, there is some fits for it. We will have that, though, on the other side of these messages. And back here on the Rocks by Rockies report, Noel Yingling and Kevin Henry, and Kevin, I have an analogy for you. Bring it. The Rockies, they're playing a card game right now. Pick whatever your favorite card game is. All right. Um, and that that has wild cards. They have a lot of wild cards. Uh, I'll, I'll pick a game. Phase 10. I don't know if you've ever heard big, of it or played it. Big Phase 10 fan. Absolutely. Okay. Like so that. they're looking for a run of whatever or a set of whatever, pick yep. whatever numbers you want. I like where you're going. And they have the 10 cards in their hand and they have a lot of wild cards. And the problem is, is the people they're, uh, they're facing have already phased. So they have with the wild cards, they're 25 points each. So if they end up not phasing, they have a lot of points that they're going to get from it. In, in other words, People are not going to be happy with them if they do nothing this off season. But they have a lot of areas where, oh, if I get this, if I get these two or three cards, I would say re really it's probably a little bit more, three or four cards. Yep. That okay, I can, I, I can plug them in here and throw the wild cards in, and if the wild cards work, then uh, I, we can, it can be figured out. I like what you're thinking with that. I like that thought. Not a great, not a perfect analogy, but no, but you I have a lot of wild cards in that. They have a lot to lose. The Rockies do. Yeah. Where okay, if this player doesn't work out, 
we've got a problem. Uh, like McMahon at the plate, if he cannot step up to the plate where he is one of our middle of the order bats, and he's like the second half McMahon, where okay, he's getting on base more, but he can't hit for power. We can't have him hitting fourth. Right. No, I, I agree. And I think that one thing that we've seen so far this offseason is that the majority of big moves have come on the pitching side of things. You yeah. know, you have had Marcus Simeon sign. You have had some position players sign. But there's still a lot of those wild cards, as you say, with the phase 10 analogy. That and are the still- thing is, phase 10 is only 10 cards. The Rockies have 26. So. <laughs> Phase 26, you know, so. Okay, we have 15 wild cards, but we have, we we need a set of five and we have a run of 12 right now in our hand. That's well, not really what you want. <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to go with something, an analogy you and I were talking about before we went on the air is, and sticking with the game theme, dominoes. Because I do think that that Carlos Correa domino, when it finally falls, I think that that's going to make a whirlwind of things after that. I really do. Yeah. And that could mean story signing. Um, That could be the Rockies waking up and signing somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, But the Rockies, it's the Rockies in general. And pardon the pun, but they're between a rock and a hard place right now. Yeah where there's so many guys that, okay, we needed them to step up. They didn't. What do we do from here? And the Rockies are a deer in in headlights right now where they're, okay, what are we going to do? Where of these, uh, of our best 26 guys, uh, 13 of them, so we'll say half, 13. Oh, we don't know what they can produce for us. That's a problem. Well, and as you and I are recording this, news has just come out that Robbie Ray and the Seattle Mariners have finalized a five-year, $115 million deal. Well, my, my, my. So there is another pitcher that has just gone off the board. Again, not a pitcher that the Rockies were ever going to be involved with. I mean, let's be honest here. But, again, it's another pitching move. So still – Everybody's grabbing pitchers right now. It feels like the position players are kind of sitting back and just kind of waiting to see how it all unfolds. Yeah. And And, and the American League West just got really, really interesting over the last few days. Yeah. What if the Astros don't re-sign Correa and Trevor Story goes elsewhere? And we're assuming that Corey Seager is not going there. There haven't been any rumors with him going there. No, I think for the for the Astros, it's either Story or Correa. And yeah. if they lose out on both those, then I think that they pull the Anderson Simmons or something like that card yeah. and hope to just make do. Um, another thing, too, is uh, now uh, this is the Astros are a big market team, but they're not the Dodgers. What uh, Scherzer is going to the Mets. We know this. Max Muncy has a torn UCL. Yep. Uh, what if they lose out on Seager as well? What do they do? Cody Bellinger's, uh, uh, I assume he's going to be somewhere 
in the middle of a negative 1.5 war player and the MVP season. I mean, that's that's a pretty big differentiation, but I I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's not going to be an MVP candidate next year. So what do they do for their lineup? What if they don't resign Chris Taylor? What if Trevor Bauer's not back? What if Clayton Kershaw doesn't come back? Right. The NLS could change too. Oh, it absolutely could. And, you know, very quietly, you know, the Padres haven't done much other than bring on a new manager. So you feel like the Padres are laying in wait. The Giants have rebuilt their rotation or in the process of it. Uh, they feel like that they've got an answer for Buster Posey retiring behind the plate. The so, Diamondbacks aren't going to lose 111 games. At least I, I, I wouldn't think. I don't think so, but, you know, hey. Um, I mean, the Dodgers are the Dodgers, so they're going to run Edwin Eusedia, uh, Justin Bruel, uh, Garrett Clevenger, and Alex Vesia out there, and they're just going to for the Dodgers bullpen and they're just going to clobber the Rockies. So it doesn't matter. Uh, so, but. Well, I, I, I think that there's, there's a lot of things still to play out, but you know, Rockies fans are obviously sitting here going, what's going to happen with story. And I don't think we're going to have the answer to that before the CBA expires. Yeah. I think that that's going to be a part two of this, this whole off season. And as we talk about that, let's go on the record. How long do you think uh, the lockout's going to last, assuming it happens? I am going to go on the record saying mid-January, Martin Luther King Day time, they come back, because that will give them enough time to get ramped up for spring training. Um, By the way, I just saw Robbie Ray has an opt-out, too, after the third year. Oh, how about that? Interesting. Okay. Um, I'll go on the record and say, it, yeah, that it's at least January until it's resolved. Um, I'll go a little bit further than you, though. I'll say February 1st. Well, that's really going to eat into signing, spring training, all that stuff. But I, we've had a discussion about spring hey, training. Hey, if I'm wrong, I'll be happy. No, I know. Trust me. <laughs> I would love nothing more than for this to be a week-long thing and then come to their senses. But I'd love if we could have a podcast on Thursday or Friday and say, hey, Baseball isn't going to be stopping. We were wrong. That would be fantastic, actually. Yeah. And in fact, we can name, we can have our crack editing crew um, edit the article, uh, edit the uh, podcast and all that. And we can put the title as we were wrong. Congratulations. I, that's fine. There are plenty of folks who will be more than happy to say you were wrong about that. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Yeah. I absolutely am. I I've been wrong before. Uh, there's been times I wishes uh, that I wished I was wrong, but there's been a lot of times like with John Gray. I could have told you months ago. Yeah. Oh, they haven't given him a, a contract offer yet, and it's December nineteenth. Okay, he's not returning. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna just say this, and I know a lot of fans are going, "Who cares?" But John is a good guy, a good human. He's had his moments on the mound, both good and bad with the Rockies. Uh, But as a human, I wish him nothing but the best with the Rangers. Uh, He was always very kind to us. 
uh, always took time to answer questions whenever we would ask, uh, you know, did not blink whenever I asked him about if he wanted to be back with the Rockies back in early June. So, uh, hey, here's wishing him nothing but the best and will be a wild, wild American League West. And as we wrap up here, I will add a little bit onto that in saying as much as the Rockies are criticized for moves they make and they well should be, um, that's one thing that at least media wise, you never have a problem with the Rockies of, Hey, uh, you want to talk to this guy done Yeah. where some teams like, uh, I don't know <clears throat> the Mets, um, yeah. they have issues with that. Yeah. A lot, a lot of franchises do. I mean, the more that you and I travel around and we're actually going to these games and whenever we try to talk to team or guys from the other clubhouse, uh, it's very interesting to see how the, the, the uh, openness is for the Rockies. And it's something you don't really realize until you get outside that bubble. And all of a sudden you realize that, you know, some of the things that you're able to ask in the Colorado clubhouse, you could never ask in, in another one. Yeah. Or even off the record stuff. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, oh, I'm not going to talk to you unless it's on the record. Yep. Good point. So. All right, Noah. Well, I hope we're both wrong about the lockout, but if we're not, this is our last podcast likely until quiet time uh, hits. So, but we'll be back next week. I have a feeling because we're going to break down all of the, everything that's happened. We'll break down the good and the bad from the off season. Again, I don't think there'll be anything Rockies related particularly to talk about, but uh, there will always be stuff that we can talk about with baseball. Always, always baseball stuff, which we love us some baseball. And there's still some stuff that could happen during the lockout, which you'll see on the site and, or on the podcast as well. Absolutely. Well, we will tease that enough. Uh, yeah, please check out rockspile.com. New articles, at least one every day. Has been for four years now. We just keep rolling, man. I tell you. It's so, probably been longer than that at this point now. It probably has been. That's true. We should go back and actually look. But, but yeah, we want to make sure the Rockies fans, uh, we give you something to read every day. Uh, Noah and I love working with you guys, getting out some good info and, um, any final thoughts, man, before we sign off? Because it's uh, it's about that time. Don't be surprised if you're listening to this on Monday uh, that there are a lot more signings that happen in yeah. the next 24 hours. Yep. And don't be surprised if none of them involve the Rockies. I think that's proper. I think that you know Tuesday will probably be the last push because then there will be physicals and everything done before the Wednesday 11.59 p.m. Eastern deadline for the CBA. Seemingly like half the free agents are going to be taking physicals tomorrow. Yeah. So I'd love to be a doctor tomorrow. Just exactly. I mean, oh, just filing all the patients. Oh, it's all the MLB players. Okay, I can get 25 physicals done today. If you're a team-affiliated <laughs> doctor, I hope you're not still on Thanksgiving holiday because uh, you, you're needed. So get back to <laughs> Well, hey, always fun chat with you, Noah. And uh, thanks to everybody, as always, for listening to this podcast. We enjoy hanging out with you. Check us out at RocksPileFS on Twitter, RocksPile.com. And until next time, go Rockies.